Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're talking about Gunslinger Girl. This week was my choice. Um, Gunslinger Girl actually has two seasons. We chose to do season one because I felt that season one and season two are different enough and each one focuses on a specific character enough to warrant a separate uh, separate viewing all its own. You know, I I would agree with that. Um, Henrietta seemed to be the main focus of this, you know, season one. But it's it's not like anything I've actually ever seen before. It's, it's that I've I, I find I actually like um, the main character is in every episode, but it you don't really see it from the main character's perspective all that often. Most right. of the time throughout the entire series, she's backup, and you get to see like nuances from certain perspectives, and it's uh, refreshing. Interesting. It, it's yeah, it's that's a good way, but it's refreshing. Um, um, it originally came out in 2003, uh, October of 2003, and it ran through February 2014. It was uh, 13 episodes long. The producers for it were Marvelous and Fuji TV, with a studio being Madhouse. Uh, the genres were action, psychological, military, drama, and sci-fi. And yeah, I, I can definitely see the psychological thriller aspect of that. Um, and this was really well done for that. It was. It was very well done. You could definitely tell when uh, certain people were trying to convey certain emotions across. It came off that way. It came off really well. It was very well done. The am- animation could have been better, but I feel overall uh, the story more than made up for it. Absolutely. It's one of those ones that they, they anime relied on the storytelling more so than really anything else. And like, I love books. I'm a, I'm a huge book reader. And I find that if a good, if the story is good enough, it's not a labor to watch. It draws you in and it, it, the, the story itself makes the flow of the time. If that makes any sense, you're not, you're not having to force yourself if that makes sense. Yeah. And I watched the first half in Japanese with subtitles and the second half I watched the English dub. And I got to say, I think this is one of the very rare instances where the English dub got the voice actors better than the Japanese voice actor. That may be true, but the, the terminology and the phrasing and everything like that in terms of translation, the subs were actually better, I felt, because I've seen it both ways. I've seen him both ways several times and there were several spots where it was the, the translation or, or the, what they were trying to convey in terms of uh, what was being said, it was better in the sub than it was in the dub. I would, I would argue that it's more detailed in the sub. Like they, use, I don't know if they translated it like probably would, but it, it, in the Japanese anime, 
the subs were detail oriented and the uh, the American dub, the English dub. I, <sighs> the reason why I'm very skeptical on this is because Funimation um, has been caught not just like kind of sort of translating or taking liberties, just like taking whole sections and completely changing what's being said in that section. I can see that. I and can so, see that. And so when it comes to something like that, when it comes to something Funimation is producing, at least in terms of dub portion of it, mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I'm really hesitant on, on really taking for granted or, 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 or taking out what's being said as the true translation. So if that's one of the reasons why I always prefer the sub over dub is because of that. The actors are great. Most of the time, when it comes to a dub and it's done right, it's great. My first girlfriend is a gal in all honesty, even though it's not related <laughs> to this at all. It, it, it's a far better anime when it's dubbed versus subbed. It is far better. This is one of those animes where I have to say in all honesty, having watched it both ways, this is better subbed. As I said, I watched the first half dubbed and the second half dubbed, but uh, it it didn't seem like it changed that much. So yeah, that's why you really have to watch it all the way through one way because you won't have that contrast. You won't have the the different viewpoints for it across. Okay, so I, I feel like if I feel like I was when I watched the Japanese anime, I was a little bit distracted by the words because there's a lot going on. Like this is a very busy anime. And when I watched the dub, I didn't feel like I had to focus so much on the words and I, I could just enjoy the show. And it, it seemed to fit. I mean, I believe that it was a lot I would say more technical when it came to the the subtitled version, but when I was watching it on the dub, I don't feel like I lost anything. All right, does that, does that I, make sense? I, I make sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, like if you <laughs> episode three, I had to watch like four times because it was not confusing so much as as just busy people talking over other people, things like that. Yeah, and. I would also have to say like one of the other things that this anime really has a lot going for it is the fact that it's actually not taking place in Japan. It's actually taking place in Italy. Yeah. Mafia town. That's also another thing. I can't believe I didn't talk about this sooner. It felt like a mob movie. Like I've seen, uh, don't shoot me, but I haven't seen Godfather. Oh God. I've seen bits and pieces. (sighs) Okay. I've, I've seen bits and pieces and this is kind of what it felt like to me. And I thought it was kind of interesting that the Republic fashion or the Republic faction was the bad guy in everything. And it, I was like, you know, I, I really don't care what they call the bad guys so long as they're acting like bad guys. And they nailed it. Like there was, there was some pretty bad, bad stuff going on. And I thought the, I thought the way that they termed uh, Fratello, I think is what, what they called it. Fratello. Yeah. Was the, the, the boy, the, the adult male and the, the child girl. Yeah. They were, they were called that the, or uh, siblings, siblings. And it was really dynamic. It is. And it's also very tragic. I mean, like I would have to say yeah. for an anime um, that had, that at least comes off. It's like, 
I would have to say one of the things that this anime really comes off as is it's very depressing, very, very sad. I mean, like, especially the, the origin story of the main yeah. character, Harry Norietta, and then the other Dear one Lord. that they really focus on, Angelica. Like, yeah, both of them are just so depressing. But it, they, they, the story brings it in a, a more positive light. It does. For Henrietta, for Henrietta specifically. And she for, was for Angelica too. Well, I'm going to, true, but I'm going to focus on, on Henrietta right now just for a second. She was in a very graphic way abused and she witnessed her family murdered, uh, killed, yeah. murdered. Yeah. And she barely survived. And the things that happened to her, I don't wish on my worst enemy. Yeah. However, when she went through this process, it essentially erased her memory of it. Mm -hmm. She was, she went through this thing that they called conditioning. Now you hear that term a lot, conditioning, conditioning, this conditioning, that how are you conditioning even more? Well, conditioning apparently makes their lifespan incredibly small. And Henrietta doesn't really gain, get, get much, I guess you could say, um, conditioning. Well, it's not even just the conditioning that's that they're, doing that's causing their life to get small. Um, the conditioning is more along the lines of brainwashing and what these girls, these little girls that are like 10, 11 years old, 12 years old. Um, they, they are taken by this government agency, by the quote unquote social welfare office, <laughs> section two, section two, the agency. And, they they take them in and then they go through conditioning. They take replace most of their body with uh, genetically grown, modified muscle and tissues and fiberglass and everything like that. So they're strong. They're they're cyber. They're they're basically cyborgs, and that's what they're actually referred to a lot as are cyborgs because they're basically mostly machine, even though they're still human. So they eat, they drink, they sleep, they still need all that. But the conditioning, the brainwashing and everything like that just really causes them to become a part of that unit, the, the siblings. So, and every girl has a handler, a, a father or bigger brother type figure. That's a really good way to put it. A, a unit. Because it's not a family unit, but it's it is a I would say a militarized unit. These girls are taught how to kill indiscriminately if they're told to. They're taught to react to disregard their own life in favor of their brother unit or their father figure unit. Now this does kind of backfire. There is one instance in the latter portion of the anime that you realize the 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 girls need reciprocation in some fashion. They cannot be seen as simply tools because just like people, you can't just, just like employees, you can't treat them just like you're, you're another tool in the tool belt. They're, they're people. And case in point, would you like to explain or do you want me to? I'd be happy to. Yeah. One of the main character or not one of the main characters, one of the side supporting characters, uh, Elsa, you find out about episode 10 into it. And what happens is, you learn that her handler just sees her as a tool and, and reacts as such. Now, each handler names their own uh, girl 
he named her Elsa. And when she finally starts, it finally starts hitting away at her that he doesn't care about her. He doesn't love her. He means that she means nothing to him. It, she takes him to the park where he first gave her her name and asks him if he remembers it. And he goes, why would you bring me out here? This is pointless. This is dumb. Let's go. We got an early day further showing that he really doesn't care. And she loves him with all her heart, just like truly and deeply loves him completely. And what really set that chain of event off was she had seen how Henrietta and her handler, Jose, interacted with each other. And and it was on her naming anniversary, too, on top of that. So it was kind of a double whammy. She brought him out there to essentially be like, hey, this is our day. This is the day that I was essentially born in your eyes. And I think she even says that. Yeah. And this this is the place that you you gave birth to me, so to speak. And what ends up happening is when he finally shoots her down and, and shows this, she shoots him in the back of the head. And then she takes that gun <laughs> and shoots herself in the head, just blows her own brains out. I was going to say that's kind of an ironic turn of phrase when he shoots her down. She literally shoots him down. Yeah. And then, you know, in a murder suicide. Yeah. And you don't really know what happens. Like you said, it's actually, yeah, you're right. It is episode 10 because episode 11, you have Henrietta and uh, I keep wanting to say Joseph, but that's that's not the right way. Jose that yeah, Jose go to the uh, retreat and that the whole story is about her being quote unquote, a normal girl or being treated like a normal girl. And then she goes, I know what happened. And she explains it to Jose and a couple of investigators who are wanting to know what really happened. While section two knows exactly what happened. Um, Section one was the, the actual investigators that were like, Hey, this is way too convenient. First, the, the the handler that this frisado um the siblings the unit i'll, I'll use that yeah that this particular unit ended up being killed there was only two bullets it's too odd and they immediately knew who it was within like 20 hours of the, the crime actually happening like it was too convenient it was too clean it was too too good for them to be like something's not right here and when they finally, when we finally understand what happened, you feel really bad. Or at least that was me. Like I felt so sad because imagine loving someone wholeheartedly only to find out that not only do they not reciprocate your feelings, they take them for granted. And they don't care about you in one yeah, bit too at on all. top of that. You could die tomorrow and it would not affect them at all. Yeah. And so, what Henry Anna said is that if she was put in that situation, what she would do, it's real simple. She would take him out and then she'd turn the gun on herself. And she does this with an empty gun. Nobody knows it's empty, but it, it goes to show that Jose really does care because he like knocks the gun out of her hand and like tackles her to avoid her doing that. And she goes, and this is, she doesn't say this, but it's implied that this is why it has not happened to Jose and, and Henrietta. And at the very end of that episode, episode 11, you get to witness exactly what happens. And it's it's sad. He's a very disgruntled man. And she's a very, 
obedience, not the right word, but hopeful. She's a very hopeful young lady that something will trigger an emotional response out of him. And it's right then and there. You can see her breaking. Like it's, it maybe I'm looking too much into it, but when I watch it, you can like almost physically see her face shift ever so slightly when the realization comes that he doesn't care. Yeah. And it's, it's really disappointing too. I mean, and, and the only one, I mean, like out of all the handlers, it, it feels like to me, the only one or two that actually care would be Jose. And then, uh, Trillia's handler, uh, Hillshire, the blonde one, right? Yeah. The blonde, uh, yeah. with pigtails trio. Yeah, no, no, I mean, the, the blonde guy. No, no, no. Jean, Jean, the blonde guy. He doesn't care. That's Rico is his girl. Oh yeah. By the way, Rico, that was a boy. No, it's a girl. Rico was a boy. Rico's a girl. Really? I always thought Rico was a boy. No. And that's like, they did this to them and it became a girl. No, it's weird. Like Rico's backstory. thought it was a boy. No, it's a girl. See, this is why I said that I I felt like I was more (laughs) related to uh, the the dubbed because I missed that completely. I thought it was, I thought Rico was a boy because that's a boy's name. Yeah. uh, Well, one of the things is, is they asked um, one of the first guy that asked he, or not the first guy, but one of them asked, he goes, do I have to name it a girl name? And John said to him, no, you can name him whatever you want. Just as long as you name them. Oh, see, I thought that was for the purple haired girl in glasses. No, like literally you could name your, your girl, whatever you want the name to be. John chose Rico for his. (laughs) Short for reconnaissance. No. uh. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Hey, Rico, do recon. (laughs) That joke would get old real fast. Um, But okay. So yeah, they're all girls. And I should probably mention that not all the girls are super young, like prepubescent. One of the surgeries that that they have done, Henrietta specifically, she had her uterus removed. So she'll never experience what a period is. Um, The other girl in pigtails, the one we were talking about just now. Triella. Triella, sorry. She was experiencing period pains. And she mentioned that she doesn't take anything for him because it's a reminder that she's alive. I don't know, man. Midol would probably be my number one go-to choice at that point because you get shot all the time in this job. Yeah, and the the pain goes away pretty quick, too. It does because most of their limbs are cybernetic. Pain does go away. I agree. But the pain's still there. Like, I would not need a a monthly reminder that I'm alive because every... I had, I don't think there was one mission that I saw that they did not get wounded in some fashion. Yeah. And the other thing is, is every girl in there, they all have a really tragic backstory. Yeah. Like it's really tragic. Like we already talked about Henrietta a little bit and, but like we don't, they never really go into the details for Rico, except she remembers hers, her, her parents, we're arguing about her always being in the hospital, always being sick. But I would have to say the one that really broke my heart was Henrietta's. Uh, you kind of learn a little bit about Triella's. And I feel like when and season two is going to focus more on her, um, that we'll get more of a backstory to her. Uh, but the other one that really spoke to me and really broke my heart 
was Angelica's because her yeah. parent, her parents were going bankrupt. Her father's business was going bankrupt. And so they took out a large insurance policy on their daughter, sent her daughter out to go get groceries and then tried killing her by running her over with their car to solve their money problems, their bankruptcy problems. And that to me That's broke brutal. my heart because I could never do that to my daughter when I have a daughter. <laughs> well, no, I, I, the heartlessness, the desperation that you must feel to I realize this, this makes no sense. I'm trying to put myself in the parents shoes, but think about the desperation, the emptiness, the, the no other options that you might feel for this. Or if you were to go the exact opposite way, the opportunity, the, Hey, this no one excuse. Thing is, there's no, no, there's excuse. no excuse. There's I agree. There is no excuse whatsoever. That's because you're a good person. That's because you're a good person. But like how, how just out of your mind you must need to be in order to be like, you know, this sounds like a good idea. This it's a one-stop shop. We do this. We might even make a little money off that. Who knows? We'll be better off. But it, it uh, the, the thing that really irks me the most is they failed at it. And it's not even like, I, I'm not trying to be like, if you're going to be a scumbag, do it the right way. But if, if you're going to go through that and you're going to basically bedridden your child, one, you are now way worse off because let's be honest here. Anything you did, you still have to pay for. The insurance, the life insurance policy is not going to come through. Well, you almost died. Let's fix it now. You're going to be even in a worse situation. And they're they're going to resent their child even worse. But, and the way, the way that she died, go ahead. Sorry. The way that she died was ironically blissful. Her mentality on it was absolute trash. Like, and I, I mean that in the most sincere sense I can say, because she valued her life so little that she was just expecting to die and almost trying to die every, every mission. Well, it's, it's because she knew because it is because she knew she was getting close to her end. And this is the one thing I I feel like John did really good. At least he wasn't totally completely cold towards Rico because Rico asked him, he's like, are we going to die? You know, and this and that. And he's like, well, yeah, it's a part of your job. You will die. But you will still have a long, long time to go before you die. But don't worry. You know, so don't worry. You're going to be okay. But what was really sad is when Angelica was going through all the tests and the surgery and everything like that, um, Jean, uh, uh, her handler was making up a story called the pasta prince. And he was making it up as a go as he went along and was telling the story to Angelica and it was their story. And he got other people when, cause Angelica was the first cyborg girl. She was the very first one. Yeah. And he made up this story to her. And then when they finally introduce her and they bring her in and are giving her an examination, he goes, how many people in here do you recognize? Shows her a book. She says a couple of people and he's like, no, you don't don't, don't worry. You didn't forget anyone. And you can tell that she's having memory loss. And then he reads her like, do you know this book? The pasta King book or the pasta Prince book. And 
it was a book that his, the her handler's ex-girlfriend turned into an actual child's book. And she didn't even remember that. And he was remembering the story, remembering the whole journey that they had together. And at the very end, when they were playing Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, because they were watching Shooting Stars and she was on the her bed, basically dying. Her handler comes in because Henrietta says you should really go to her, even though there's nothing you can do. You should go to her because she wants to be with you. That's all she really needs. And he sits there and then she asks him, can you please read me the pasta prince book? And he starts reading her the pasta prince book and then she just closes her eyes. And that was it. Well, almost. I mean, that was it for her. She that did was that. it for her. Yeah. But, but the, the worst part, the, the anime just really hurt a little bit at the very end. It didn't make me cry. I think because I'm becoming more calloused thanks to a certain person, but talking about my specials. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're certainly special. That's for damn sure. Like you, the entire episode, you knew that she was dying. She knew that she was going to die and they did a really good job of letting you know that this is the eventual end for this character. However, it's not a sad ending, even though it is super sad. And when she dies, her handler goes, are you still there? Are you, are you sleeping? And then it's over. And you've got the kids, the other girls singing, like not, not like uh, mouthing the lyrics, but like, or not, not, not mouthing the notes, but actually singing Beethoven's ninth. And you're just like, oh, oh, this is not good. This is not good. This is sad. This is, this is going to hurt. Sucker punches you right in the feels. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of opera and and symphony music. And it's just that I know the next time I hear Beethoven's ninth, I'm going to remember this and it's going to suck. Yep. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Cause your lion April didn't do any damage. <laughs> <laughs> just well, saying, you know, what can I say? I like a sucker punch in you any way I can. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I've had to change radio stations. You know that? I'm sorry. But I know you're not. You know you're you love not. it. You're you're not even a little bit sorry. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So that's basically the end. I mean, like it ends with uh Henrietta and Jose walking along the coast or or along a road, like how they show it in the first episode. So it really brings it in a full circle that they are still together. They're still gonna be moving on together. Um I'm glad they didn't for this one really push like it was being pushed for a season two. They've let the story be the story. Yeah, it was it was very, very well done in that aspect. I would be okay if there wasn't anything more because it it did a very complete, very good story. I almost don't want to watch season two. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do want to watch season two, but I kind of don't only because I really don't want them to like mess up this ending. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, season, well, like I was saying, season two is really not going to focus on Henrietta. It's, it's going to focus on someone else. What would really suck is if in season two, Henrietta dies and you're like this bull, what this sucks. Yeah. Cause she won't, she at least at that point won't have the plot armor of being a main character. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, is a great note to leave off on for us to give it a rating on a zero to 10 scale, sir. 
How would you rate this? <sighs> I really didn't want to rate it this high, but I'm going to have to go with like an eight, eight or a nine. I'm going to go with an eight, uh, a really right. strong eight. What about uh, you? I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a nine. It was a great show. I loved it. It's some, it's one that I've seen about four or five times now. It's one that I, you and I go back way a ways, but I remember you had a poster on this when we were both in high school and uh, I thought it was interesting. So glad, uh, glad we could rehash this one. Indeed. Yeah, no, this was, this was truly well worth the revisit for me. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, so next week is your choice. And I, uh, <laughs> I'd like to lighten, th- lighten the mood a bit. So I will choose an anime that is, uh, for at least a little bit, it's comedy, action, etchy, science fiction, supernatural, and it's original. Um, it's called punchline. Okay. 12 episodes long. Um, I believe it was, I think I've seen this. I think it came out a couple of years ago in, uh, yeah, I want to say 2015. I, uh, at the very least, we're going to have a laugh about it. I'm sold on it. I'm, I'm game. Yeah. All right. Punchline it is. So, uh, thanks for joining, joining us today. Uh, feel free to reach out to us at those anime guys on Twitter, or you can reach out to us via email at featured anime podcast at gmail.com. We also have a voicemail link in the show notes. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to share us with all your friends, family, anyone else, some random stranger walking down the street. Just chuck this, uh, uh, chuck a piece of paper at them with the podcast name on there. That's all we ask. And if you have any thoughts or recommendations as well, let us know what they are until next time. I am Jack and I'm Rick later. Later. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.